Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Bible and Banter. I am joined with my good friend Mike Alex and my uh, what we're learning is kind of a friend. Like he's not sure if he really wants to be my friend, but he refers to me as simply useful. And that would be Tattoo Tommy Logri. Welcome to the show, Tom. It's been a while. It has been. Thank you for letting me be here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, Tom, I forced you to come on the show. This is true. <laughs> Tom, you don't have to keep turning the microphone off. People want I, I have a hound. I have a hound dog, unless you want to have him cutting into the broadcast. Well, I don't hear him hounding right now. They're picking up the clothes from the clothes shed, and he's howling at them. Oh, don't, man. don't worry about it. It ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> Thank you, Elvis. <laughs> so, so uh, we got Tom on uh, because uh, because of his resounding personality, uh, he really keeps the people engaged. But also, uh, and more importantly, and probably more accurate, is he's going to give us uh, the rundown of the upcoming Ever Christian Leaders Conference, which uh, I know a lot of us really enjoy. I don't know why, but I enjoy. On denominational gatherings like this, as I'm sure many of you do as well. So uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. And then later on, Tom will leave us. He will depart. Um, though he went out from us, he was never of us. Um, and we will go into the Trinity. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Tom. That's terrible. I'm going to cancel you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about how you're just the secondhand uh, deliverer of information that a lot of this stuff about the AC Leaders Conference was handled by the ACGC staff and all that. And then we likened it to, you know, you being in the presence of uh, like Moses, the presence of God and coming down to the Israelites glowing. And in fact, it looks like your face is glowing and beaming with information as though you were in the presence of God. So. I went to the south. I ascended to Charlotte, and uh, I come back to you with information about the leaders' conference. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful! It's, it's going to uh, so the 2022 leaders' conference is going to be held in Live Oak, Florida, at the Advent Christian Village, uh, which is kind of an oasis of Advent Christian Dom. It's a retirement community, um, but it's kind of a hopping retirement community. They've got a town. They basically have had their own town. They have their own bank. Uh, it's, they have their own bank? They have their own bank. Yeah. This sounds like a theonomy and a theocracy. Yeah, well, you know, this is the thing. You know, if, you know, these are kind of strenuous times in which we're living. And if you feel like the apocalypse is coming upon us, um, it might be a good idea to have your bags ready to flee to uh, the Advent Christian Village, and be <laughs> oh <my laughs> you know, kind of like you know, The Walking Dead. They have their own town. That's that'll be us. We'll all flee to that. Did, did you just refer to the Advent Christian Village as The Walking Dead? Like no, no. <laughs> like like if anyone watched The Walking Dead, you know they had like that town and stuff. Yeah. Tom, I'm um, a Christian. We don't we don't watch shows like that. Yeah. I don't believe <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so, so yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So it's a retirement community. Yes. Now I I have to ask Tom because I know the audience is going to wonder. Mo and even if that audience is just me, um, is the reason we're having it at a retirement community because the majority of our pastors are about to retire. 
Like, is ACGC getting a kickback for anyone who buys a home or anything like that down there? No, but I mean, it's not convenient. why it's convenient. It's con- it's convenient, but that's not why. You know, um, it's uh, it's it's a a really good setting for us to be able to meet in that there's you know the weather's going to be nice. Presumably, um, we'll be able to kind of have free range over the whole complex and area, being able to have plenty of spaces to meet. Uh, play shuffleboard, you know. Uh, the uh, the Eric, I know Eric doesn't like that, um, but it's it's kind of part of their aim in putting this conference together was that it was supposed to be a time for pastors to be able to get together, to relax, and to um, spend time with one another. So if you could kind of put it another way, it's not really heavily programmed where they have like every minute down what you're going to be doing. So it's Uh almost like a sandbox conference. There's going to be things that they are going to be doing that are uh, programmatic, but they also want to give lots of free time for the pastors to be able to spend together, um, talking, encouraging one another, networking, um, and there's also going to be a time uh, spent in prayer as well, just for our the Advent Christian Church in America, I presume globally as well, in the hopes that eventually we're, we're going to extend that to the regions as well, um, making intentional prayer efforts uh, for revitalization for our denomination. Um, so I've kind of laid kind of the ground floor of what it is. You know, it's a it's going to be kind of a sandbox experience. It's going to be an opportunity to kind of make it into what you will. Um, at the same time, though, there are specific things that they're going to have in place that are intended to really try to build up our pastors after probably a pretty difficult 18 months. Um, they're going to be bringing in uh, Dr. Justin Irving, who's the professor of leadership at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, he's a really interesting guy. He's got kind of two expertises. He, he comes in with good theological credentials. Uh, he studied at Bethel Seminary. He, he taught there as well. Um, he has his MDiv. Um, he also has an MBA and a PhD in organizational leadership. And kind of his thing is, what does it look like to lead from the gospel? And specifically in this conference that we're going to be having, He's, he's going to be talking to us about leading from grace as, as pastors and also trying to give us tools to help take care of our spiritual and emotional health, um, which I know in the conversations that we've, we three have shared in before, um, so much of leadership really depends on character and character is formed by how are you doing with your relationship with God? If God isn't really... Um, guiding your priorities in life and forming and transforming you into who you're supposed to be, then yeah, you can lead a church and you could end up being like a Mark Driscoll kind of guy, you know, where you could have some nominal success, but not really be, be succeeding in, in the terms of the kingdom of Did, God. Are you saying that because people refer to Mike as the Mark Driscoll of the Everett Christian church? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. So Tom, so Tom, really yeah. important question here. All right. So maybe you don't have the answer, and if you don't, that's okay. Maybe you can point me to someone who would. You emphasized uh, rest and relaxation 
the title of the whole conference, I believe, is regroup, although we could essentially call it retire considering the audience. But is there a um, – you've talked about how wonderful the facilities are. Andy Rice has shared about how wonderful the facilities are. Um, a few other people have too. They have their own bank, so it's essentially their own city. I'm curious as to whether or not they have their own cigar shop or cigar lounge. And if not, who can tell me where the closest one is where we can uh, kick it at the cigar lounge? It's, it's Florida. The weather is mostly warm and convenient. You can go outside. You don't need a lounge. Find a picnic table. That's, I, th- I think that's the spot on analysis, Mike. I really don't have any guidance to offer you, Eric. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they'll allow you to smoke cigars on, on the transport from the uh, airport. They're going to be. Uh, no, I'll probably, I'll probably drive, man. Like I'm dude. I've heard. Didn't you say the, the airport is like 10 hours away from, from it's not uh, 10 hours. So you can, so you can, <laughs> you can obviously drive there. Um, that you can also fly in and what they'll do is they're going to send a van and pick up people from the airport and, um, transport them to the Avon Christian Village. An yeah. unmarked tinted window white van. <laughs> Blindfold you. <laughs> Undis- undisclosed location. Oh, um, so Matt, Matt Broadway. So I wonder if Matt Broadway, he's been Advent Christian longer than I have. I wonder if he knows if there's any, if he's been down there. Maybe he knows of a good cigar shop down there. So this is what we should do. Like we should have, we should uh, hang out, have a cigar get together when we're down there. What are the dates for this? It's uh, February 2nd through the 4th, and if you're wondering what days of the week that is, that is a Wednesday through Friday, um, and it actually it actually starts the day after my birthday, my February my birthday is uh, February 1st. So happy birthday, Tommy. I, there's yeah. literally nothing more that you would want to do for your birthday than, than, a, than an Advent Christian denominational gathering. I truly believe that. I'm not saying that tongue in cheek. <laughs> it would be, it'd, it'd be pretty fun. That's why I want, I want everyone to, to be there. Um, it, again, it's, I feel like the conference is what you make it to be. There's going to be some really great, um, I think some great talks from Justin Irving Al Mohler has great, really great things to say about it, about him. They brought him on. Dude, I legit, you mentioned Al Mohler and I thought you were going to say Al Mohler was coming. No, no, <laughs> I, was no. like, I was like, okay, well, this is no Al Mohler. Uh, when they introduced Justin Irving to their faculty, had some really um, glowing things to say about him. And uh, so I'm excited and to hear what he has to share. Justin Irving's also written a book. Um, it's entitled leadership in Christian perspective, biblical foundations and contemporary practices for servant leaders. So it's got 54 ratings. It's about like four and a half stars on Amazon. So it looks pretty good. So I'm really interested. Only four and a half stars. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Where where are you at right now in your book ratings? I think think one's at like one might be at, at four and a half and one might be at five. So boom. I don't have 45 ratings. That means most people are just indifferent (laughs) or haven't bought it. Um, My wife asked if the kids are going with me. Uh, No, they're not. Um, We could we could uh, go down as a family, but I don't think Robin wants to attend. She she finds these kinds of things boring. So, what's the cost going to be? 
Um, that hasn't been announced yet. I didn't, I didn't learn what the cost was. Yeah. It's not, it's not on the website either. If you go down to the bottom, it says check back soon for more information on this event. Yeah. I know on the website, they did include on there that we need to, uh, figure out lodging uh, on our own. Um, presumably there's, there's lodging in the village, but, um, so it's not just like you sign up as a package deal. I, I, that's not my impre the impression that I got. Um, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to do as the best that they can to kind of channel things where they'll kind of, okay, you sign up, you know, they'll point you to where you, you set up your lodging. Um, but yeah, that's what I have. So again, this is kind of like a secondhand report here in terms of, um, so if Justin ever watches this video, he can jump in the comments and, <laughs> and add more info, but Nathaniel Bickford gets me. <laughs> if you have to ask how much it costs, then you can't afford it. <laughs> well, my, uh, my, so my church in its bylaws says a pastor is to attend all denominational meetings. So uh, I think I'm pretty much stuck in going, whether I want to or not. Uh, That's so, fantastic. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I am hoping to rewrite the Constitution at some point, but, you know, that's probably further down the line. So, uh, yeah. But th that's neither here nor there. Uh, so sounds, uh, sounds exhilarating, Tom. I, I look forward to the shuffleboard to uh, – Riding around, the, I'm assuming there's golf carts there. Like yeah. I feel like wherever there's an old person uh, community, that there's always golf carts. For sure. Uh, uh, golf yeah. cart racing, you know. Yo, that would be dope. I'd be down. Yeah. So yeah, so you hear, heard it here first. We're gonna have a, a cigar get together at some point. I hope, unless uh, unless it's. Uh, Cause some uh, don't some like every Christian camp say you can't have tobacco, you can't have uh, cards, you can't have uh, all the it stuff could, that we enjoy doing. It could be a smoke-free and you know place. You'd have to look into that. Yeah, I'm not sure about the status of alcohol and tobacco there. Okay, well, I, I guess because like maybe some people are on oxygen tanks because of retirement community. <laughs> Yes, that's the reason. Mike, that wasn't meant as a joke. That was meant to be to to try to be understanding and like, oh, I guess there's a good reason why not to. But uh, I guess I, even when I'm trying to be nice and empathetic, I I miss. Yeah, yeah. but that, that's a good concern. That that is true. But yeah. So it'll, it'll be my first time going there. I I'm I'm looking forward to it. I. Uh, I can I, hear the excitement in your voice. I, well, I've, I've always kind of referred to it as, you know, we believe in the sleep of the dead. So um, <laughs> the P AC village is kind of our intermediate state, you know, paradise for us. So um, Purgatory, we, maybe? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, so joking aside, I mean, we've heard nothing but good things about about uh, Everett Christian Village. And, and really, if there's one thing Everett Christians do well, it's retire and take care of those who are retired. So that's good. Um, yeah. Er Erica says that Mike should go. Uh, well, well, Mike doesn't sound very interested. So, Mike, you live in Maine. Don't you want to get down to Florida in February? Uh, 
I'm not opposed. It's just, I'll be honest. I have trouble leaving my family for outside of, like traveling further outside of New England, just at this time of my life stresses, the, just the thought of it stresses me out. Aren't you I'll leaving next month? Yeah. You're leaving yeah. next month. Yes. And we, I talked to you about that in the past. Like tra- yeah. traveling outside of New England stresses me out. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not a traveler. Even you, you know, in general, my wife's the traveler. She likes to go places. I'm more of a homebody. But but I, I will say the idea of getting together with fellow pastors, regardless of location. But even down at the uh, does does it excite me as much as I get excitable and excited? Uh, well, it's just, topic it's just the, the, it's just the distance. It's, it's just the travel piece. Yeah. The travel piece is the number one thing that makes me not want to do things. <laughs> so COVID See, for me, <laughs> and for me, it's not so much the travel; it's the topic. I'm like, eh. eh. See, I see feel that, like the last yeah. the last one we had, which was on discipleship, I thought was really good, and I forget who said it, but someone had mentioned that the the median age of pastors who attended the last AC Leaders Conference was. Uh, well below what it had been previously. A lot of the older pastors weren't, oddly enough, really interested in discipleship, but the younger pastors were. So there were a lot of younger pastors. I wonder, it will be interesting to see what this one turns out. I, I, I wonder, my working hypothesis is that it will probably be a higher median age, not only because we've gotten older by three years, but also because it's going to be at a retirement community. I mean, if I were nearing retirement, if you're nearing retirement or your pastor's nearing retirement or is about to hit retirement age, send them go to this conference they can scope out like where potentially they can retire it just makes a lot of good sense that's so, not i'm not being most of them probably don't want them to retire because no, i'm talking about caring for your pastor if you're pa- if your pastor's you know 68 and and they're th- they must be thinking about they might not retire for 12 15 more years but well, they that's gonna be to- that's that's going to be the stipulation. You can go, but you're not allowed to retire for another five years. But like, they have to. At least, they, I mean, I'm th- I'm 34, and I and I'm saving for like I'm thinking of retirement, but I'm also not planning to retire at any point, right? Like I'm, so I, I don't plan to retire until I can't work anymore. Like I physically can't, or 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 mentally can't work anymore. So. Yeah. I kind of want to go back to, cause you said, you know, is it the topic that interests you? And, and I'm actually the exact opposite. I can pr- pretty much go regardless of the topic, unless it was something that absolutely I just dreaded. I, I honestly look at it more as the relationship piece of communing mm. and, and getting together with, with fellow pastors, except for if, I mean, honestly, if you plan on going to Peacock about how great your ministry is, then I'm probably not going to sit down and talk with you much. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to know how you're doing and mm-hmm. uh, and what life and ministry is like for you on a personal level. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, because the, the reality is, Eric, if I were just cons- interested in topics, I would not be on Bible and banter. I'm here because of you, because I love you. You know what, Mike? Whoa. I love you too, man. And and you know what? I saying, feel like I should get out from <laughs> you guys. So can stuff. We, we, can, we can do that. Hold on. Can I drag you? There we go. Now Uh-oh. we're back together again. So, so because you might be trying to raise funds or, or this. So some of it is like, uh, it is unnatural, but some of it is kind of like someone just wants to tell you how awesome they are and how awesome things are going. But sometimes yeah. people 
feel as though they have to say those things because they're looking for greater support. Now, that's not something that we necessarily do too much. We don't cooperate very well in our denomination. But when I was in the SBC, um, you would have people who cooperated mightily, who would give funds to local other churches in their town to help support ministries and whatnot. Um, so you want to share like, oh, yeah, we had like 18 baptisms yeah. last month or something. Yep. Like that. And that, I don't mind so much that like, yeah, tell me the good things. Try to encourage me that, you know, there is hope for for our churches and that thing how things are going and and be honest mm-hmm. things are going well this season and this that and the other thing it's more the uh you can kind of tell when it's more the i'm trying to contribute something rather than just you know share where where i'm at but tommy yeah. I, mike, I, yeah. mike if you don't uh, well, want to leave your family behind in in uh <clears throat> in, in maine why don't you just bring erica along don't you have family in the in the area they can watch the kids no okay never mind then <laughs> I was what I was going to say is I thought that the I think the topic and the speaker will help drive conversations to that end of really getting personal and uh, not just kind of dealing with kind of the exteriors of like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we've been live streaming or like we've got, uh, you know, most of our people back, you know, d- not dealing with that level, but kind of getting more personal Um and I think also that I think with that topic, you know, I look at it and at first glance, I don't think like, oh, like that's something I've been looking for necessarily. But I've also kind of learned to be on the lookout for learning in situations in which I didn't think I had anything to learn. So mm-hmm. I think a lot, for a lot of pastors, it can be a blind spot where they feel like, well, I'm the pastor. I have all the tools for spiritual health and <laughs> that I that I need. And so they never really attend to that because it's almost like if you feel like you attend to that, then you're admitting that some, that you're coming up short in some kind of way. And a lot of guys don't want to even admit that to themselves. Um, so I'm going into it with curiosity. Like, is it like the top mm. topic that I would have picked? Not necessarily, but I, I'm expecting that I, I'll find some benefit from that. And then on the other hand, I am really excited about kind of that sandbox opportunity to come together with guys and, you know, we can have those, those personal conversations, but also perhaps we can have kind of some of the conversations you talked about, Eric, that are kind of generative about, okay, how can we um, bring vitality to our denomination and our churches on a whole? So. Well, and that was, I mean, that, that those are some things that we had talked about prior to all, all months over the course of the last year, you and I, and a couple others have talked about like, Hey, we have some real theological problems um, how can we navigate those things? We have some real structural problems, ecclesiastical polity problems. How can we deal with that? And the only time for us to talk about it, it we get together twice every three years. And that's that's triennial, and that's the AC Leaders Conference. And, and triennial is kind of not, you know, you have some opportunity to have some conversation about it. Um, but ultimately, if you're trying to like pass anything, um, it's going to take another three years at least. So why not include some of that in the Ever Christian Leaders Conference? Because presumably you'd have uh, the folks gathered together to sit down and have a conversation like, hey, so so what's the deal? Like, how can we navigate these things? How can we figure this out um, in a non-threatening way? But, um, you know, some of those things can happen, you know, uh, more naturally. Like, as you're talking about, it's kind of a sandbox. Make, make of this conference what you want, which I think is great. 
But ultimately, I know that I go down there and I'm going to want to hang out with uh, the two of you knuckleheads. I'm going to want to hang out with, you know, some folks that I haven't seen in a few years. I'm probably going to want to hang out with some folks who who maybe I only engage with through social media, but maybe I don't get to see them in person all that much. Um, but most of those people, I mean, that's those are people that are it's not a very, very diverse population, you know, that that group. Um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So, yeah. And I, I, I guess the encouragement that I would offer is, you know, I think the staff strives to meet the needs that they observe among the pastors since it's a, you know, it's a leadership conference. So they're looking at their path at our, at their pastors. They've been through 18 months of, <laughs> of basically hell and pastoral ministry when it comes to, you know, distancing and COVID drama and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and they're thinking, you know, how can we best meet that need? But, and so that's just them making their own observations, but an important thing I think for us as pastors is to be communicating to the staff, the things that we feel like we do need, because that, they, I mean, the ACGC staff are really there to be kind of our servants to be able to come alongside our ministries and to help us. And I know that they, they appreciate it when um, people reach out to them. And of course, if you approach them in a way that's kind and generous, not like, Hey, do this (laughs) or like, you know, um, or being accusatory or anything like that, but just being um, just open-hearted and genuine about the things that you're seeing, seeing and desiring. Well, aren't we, I mean, we're truly blessed. I mean, you work uh, closely with them because you're on the, uh, on the the pope's cardinal uh cardinal executive board, council right? yes. <laughs> yeah executive council. it's the college of cardinals that you're a part of and and uh so you work closely with the staff over acgc and i've been able to work with them on some things they've been able to do some stuff for me and we got some top-notch folks man i mean i can't speak highly enough about the people that i interact with all the time at acgc i've never had a poor experience i've never found someone to be unhelpful um just high quality people. Um, we're truly blessed by the Lord with, with the folks that we have up there. So uh, anyway, thanks Tom for, for joining us. Um, we're going to start, you know, really, uh, you know, upsetting the apple cart here in a few minutes as we talk about the Trinity. So you better head out then. <laughs> yeah. We know your own views. You're kind of questionable on, uh, on a few things. So we'll, oh, uh, well, uh, we'll remove Tom. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tom. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Have Iron fun Man. bantering. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Leave Tom alone. Oh man. Tom is uh Tom's a great dude. He's a good friend. And uh we're we're always I'm always happy that he's on the executive council, the College of Cardinals, and can inform us of all kinds of things. So mm. Uh, anyway so now that tom's not here uh now you can really speak the truth man so are you excited you gonna you gonna go i i'm not making a commitment right now man you're just you're just commitment averse yeah i like to put off commitment until it's too late to commit and then i can be like ah i just don't have time 
<laughs> well, I feel like this has been oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> I I hope to see you. I hope I hope to see you. Honestly, uh, it would be fun, but in all honesty, February is so far away, and who knows what COVID is going to do in the next six months? Like not six months; it's what five months away. So, um, yeah. Honestly, I'll, I'll be honest. I have trouble planning that far out of what what I think I'll be doing. So. Well, the there's a there's a good thing as to when it's uh, the timing, and there's a bad thing. So uh, the negative is that it's during a hockey season, so so I'm going to miss hockey. And I think it's this year's either the Olympics or it's the World Champion World Hockey Championship or something like that. So the NHL is actually going to have like two or three weeks where they're completely off as all the players go and play for their countries. So. For those few days, I'm gonna I'm not gonna miss the NHL, but I will miss uh, those championships. So mm-hmm. that's kind of sad. Yeah, I'll just spend my whole time on on my phone, like wow. normal. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. like a typical millennial. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, and so so we never we didn't get uh, into like, hey, how's your week going? How's all that stuff? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. It's it's for it's fine. No, and and so Thanks I don't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I do apologize for my peacocking comment because sometimes guys aren't peacocking, and I just don't have a rosy demeanor of life, and so I can sometimes just roll my eyes when someone is just really truly excited and encouraged in general. Mm-hmm. So I apologize for that. I know that about myself, so I, I don't mean to be mean, intend to be mean uh, with that. But uh, anyway, so yeah, it's just it's a it's a grind right now but we just celebrated my oldest son's ninth birthday uh, Sunday. And then yesterday was his actual birthday, but Mm -hmm. we had some, some of his friends and family friends over on Sunday after church. And Mm -hmm. it was a, it was a good day. He had a, it was a good time. So that was a, that's a bright spot. My son's birthday party was this past Saturday. Oh, look at that. I would ask what's his birthday, but I don't want hackers to get all your information, but good call. Good call. Yeah. But he's ten, so he and I think yours turned nine, right? Yep. No. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Look at mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Well, I had some good news yesterday. I, oh, uh, really? My, my humidor was running low on cigars, and I went to the local cigar shop, and uh, the I buy two two different cigars. I buy ones that are kind of that are ch- that are cheaper. And I buy some more expensive ones. And the more expensive ones, I don't smoke nearly as often as the cheaper ones. Well, a box of my expensive cigars were 50% off, which never happens. Like it is. Yeah, it was. It was were they amazing. on clearance because they're not going to sell them anymore? No. So I asked the guy and he and he said, well, we went to the, uh, to the manufacturer of that cigar and said, hey, do you have anything in stock? that um you're just not selling a lot of that um we could like buy a whole bunch of and then put it on clearance and they sent them the pretty much these they're like cardboard boxes of it's actually one of my favorite cigars and um they came instead of it coming in a box of 20 or 25 it came in pack packs of five and um they just that style of like packaging wasn't selling well in other places like other other cigar shops weren't buying it. So mm. JR's, which is our local cigar shop, it's on 95. A lot of people stop, stop in as they're traveling up and down the East coast. Um, yeah. They had a bunch. So uh, cool. Good for you, man. 
Yeah. Oof. You know. Congra- yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Highlight of my week so far. But it's only Tuesday. <laughs> Things could easily go downhill from here. I don't think so, man. Like, I feel this week, man. I feel like this week has been a blessing from the Lord. Um, Matt is preaching this upcoming Sunday. And, uh, and, and which, and I don't have any like big due dates for school this week. I just wow. finished a Greek exam this past week. So I only got one big exam left. Like I'm, I'm, this week is my week, man. This is the week the Lord hath made. Everything is coming up Reynolds. It is. It is. So, and I got a hockey game tonight. So dude, <laughs> I, I just, every, man. every cylinder right now, huh? Yeah. Every yeah. cylinder. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Good and I got and I just got two emails saying that all these books, like ten of them, just got delivered from Amazon. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's like Christmas Day for you. Dude, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> Am I peacocking right now? Am I peacocking? No, I'm just so happy for you. Okay. I'm, you. I'm just so happy for you. Do you have any good news? Like, has anything good happened to you recently? Like something that's really just been like, wow, that's awesome. I my wife is just every day. My wife is that for me. Okay, good save. <laughs> good save. Uh, all right, man. So we are going to talk Trinity today. Mm. Tr- Trinity. So um, I uh, I'm interested in this topic. So uh, one because of our denomination's stance or or inclusivity. And, and it's actually encouraged me to make this a part of my PhD research is, is the Trinity. Um, so that's what I've been reading hot and heavy. That's what all those books are. All the books I got in the mail are all focused. They're going from the early church fathers, the patristics all the way forward. Um, so, which I'm really stoked to be reading about and studying. So thought it was kind of natural, natural fit. Um, and I just released an article on Advent Christian Voices called a call to orthodoxy um, which discusses the orthodox view of the trinity and how it's necessary for our denomination to embrace it so um thank you bickford for asking the question our denomination has a stance on the trinity he says um we do uh good bad or indifferent we do so uh so mike maybe you could introduce like hey so what what is the trinity God is three in one, co-equal, co-eternal, of the same substance, essence, even because we, we and I, you and I had a little, little uh, interaction of what does essence mean to divine? Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you mean by essence? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Father, Son, Holy Spirit are all the three persons of the Godhead. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. I think I think we can end there. So uh, I, you, don't, you, pretty... you don't want to say too much. You also don't want to say too little, because if you say too much, you get into heresy. And if you say too little, it's a very mm-hmm. difficult thing to toe that line. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we get this from the Nicene Creed, and uh, the Nicene Creed was written. In the year 325, um, by the Council of Nicaea, and there were additions to the creed made uh, just a few years later in 381 at the Council of Constantinople, um, 
which reminds me of the song Istanbul or Constantinople. <laughs> they might be giants. Yep. <laughs> um, so, so the the creed, uh, the Nicene Creed, says this. It says, um, I'm just reading from a portion of it says, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages. And, and that means he's eternal. So before all ages, meaning the Son has been eternally begotten. The, the Son has no beginning. Um, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. Uh, of the essence as the Father. So that goes to a uh, Greek term called homoousios. This is the one time it's okay to to, to, to be in agreement with. Never mind, I'm not going to say that. Mike is, Mike is going to get embarrassed. So uh, homoousia, which means of the same essence. This is in contrast to two other terms that I use in the article that I shared today, which is homoousia, which is of similar substance. And that's what the fight was about there at Nicaea. And if you want to learn more, you can subscribe to the, um, to councils, creeds and heretics, which is a podcast I'm doing with, with um, Catherine Rybicki. And that's available on, on most major platforms. Um, we haven't gotten to this yet, but we will at some point soon. So um, the argument was over, is Jesus of the same substance or similar substance, homoousia or homoousia? And then you have another track, which is uh, heterousia, which is the a different nature. So um, you have to you, you have to wrestle with what does the scripture say? Do, do the scriptures point to Jesus being of the same substance, of similar substance, or of a different substance or essence, rather? So um, historically, so 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 for the last two thousand years, the church has embraced what we call Nicene Orthodoxy. I even call it Nicene Orthodoxy prior to the Council of Nicaea, because this is what was largely um, believed by uh, the church fathers. And uh, and the church fathers are those who essentially were the disciples of the apostles. So you look like you wanted to say something. Like oh, I just want to get to the point where, where you tell me, answer my question of who do these guys think they are speaking for the whole church? Who gave them this authority? Uh, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so these were these were the these were the folks who were trained by the apostles' disciples, right? So like we're talking just a couple generations removed from those who witnessed the resurrection, who witnessed the ascension, who witnessed all these miracles that we read about in the New Testament. So um, these are the folks that we're that we're talking about, um, and. So I think that's important for us to understand um, within the Advent Christian Church. However, we we've been of the of the mindset. And correct me if I'm wrong. You've been around a little bit longer than I have, Mike. Um, that this is not an important issue. That this is like like understanding whether or not Jesus is of the same, similar, or different substance is kind of like eh, but you know, that's not important. <clears throat> No, I wouldn't go that far. I would not go that far. I think people think it's important, but not important enough to disfellowship with people over. Mm, 
mm-hmm. because as long as, and we've had guests on this show, as long as you can rationalize it with scripture and verse in the Bible, mm-hmm. then you're, then we, we're not gonna, we're not gonna take an issue with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I would say there are many people that believe it's important, but important enough to separate, to go different ways or to disfellowship or to even call them out. It's, it's not, it hasn't gotten to that level, but I don't mm-hmm. think you would find that anybody says that it's not important, but uh, they, they, let's just say, and I even hesitate to say this, that by making it an issue of fellowship, let's say, is not being gentle enough with those who just don't understand as deeply as we do. And, and we're not taught like, so when we're talking about the Trinity, there are different, uh, we're talking about people who uh, outright reject the teaching and those who don't understand the teaching. Right. Right. So, so we, we respond based on where someone's coming from. Uh, Not understanding is different than, like I'm, I'm going to talk to someone who's a congregant very different than I'm going to talk to a pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, you, if you're a pastor and you're outright like rejecting the accepted teaching of the church for the last 2000 years, um, like we're going to, ha- we're going to react slightly differently than we would with someone who's going like, Hey, pastor. And I've had these conversations, pastor, like I'm having trouble understanding this. Can And that can take, years it can take time like time to have conversation to like wrestle with it intellectually um and and, but the reason that's important right the reason understanding the or, or us having consensus on the nature of god is because as soon as you start worshiping god together you want to make sure you're worshiping the same god um which is the difference between homoousia homo homoousia and heterousia um uh so so let's uh we've got a couple of questions mike so (laughs) let's let's start with nathaniel so nathaniel asks in what way did jesus give the councils of nicaea and constantinople uh remember that's istanbul uh the authority to make these statements um so i can't i said that tongue-in-cheek like we're not. I'm not at least meaning uh, other than just a joke saying, oh, Jesus gave them the authority. So the authority came. They were the bishops of the church and there were hundreds of them that attended. And I have to look at my notes looking through all this stuff from previous times I've talked about it. But um, there are hundreds of bishops who were called to these councils and, and they were called to the councils by the magistrates for the purpose of like, hey, there's starting to be some rumblings. There's starting to be some conversation. Can you sort this issue out? And they were appointed by, um, you know, by leaders in the church to lead the church. These are the the learned men of uh, learned men of God at that time. So um, they were called, they were equipped, and they were there uh, sent to hash these things out and to discuss them. Um, Mike, do you do you want to take uh, Jim's uh, comment there? Well, I, I, more in questions, I, I, I'm wondering what prompted that response. I don't think anybody is denying Jesus' humanity. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. really born from a physical woman. He became a physical human being. But with that, the fully human, fully man, fully God. Um, and then after the re- death and resurrection, Christ was quite a different body. And what I would say, though, he was still human. But his human body was glorified. 
And so he, he did become different, but only in the nature that we are all have, we have yet to become glorified. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so it was different, but he did not cease to be fully God and fully man post-resurrection. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's good. Um, then Nathaniel of course jumps in and asks, so they were just making a human decision then, um, Depends on how you define that, Nathaniel. Uh, you know, you could you could say that same thing about when the scriptures uh, were canonized. Um, it was a council that established, "Hey, this is this is the canon. This is what the New Testament is." The Old Testament was hardly ever in doubt, aside from a couple of things. But um, you know, you have um, at, at that time they have. Most of these scriptures, most of what we have as far as scripture is concerned, um, they recognized at that time and were being passed around from church to church. They had copies of it and um, and they're reading, they're studying. You can just read the the apostolic father's writings. You can read the um, early church father's writings and they're quoting scripture vociferously and engaging with these things. Um, and they're hashing out some of these arguments all the way up until through and after uh, Nicaea. And, and they're engaging with scripture, they're engaging with tradition, and they're engaging with philosophy and reason. Um, and so when you ask whether or not they were making a human decision, uh, they were using what God had endowed them with or imbued them with um, to, to articulate what Jesus taught, what the Bible teaches, and what the apostles taught. I, I hope that makes I hope that's clear for Nathaniel and everybody. And I know Nathaniel's just trying to draw things out because I know Nathaniel knows the answers. But. Sure, but I think it's important to you know I even asked the question tongue in cheek a little bit, like who gave them the authority? Well, the Bible's our only authority, you mm -hmm. know. So so I think because of the lack of understanding of church history. You know, we, we do need to talk about who gave them this authority, especially since we here Protestants have split from the Catholic Church. I don't think even many people and even if if I were to be challenged on it, would be able to tell, like, where did the Catholic, Roman Catholic Church come from? You know, because they claim to have been the historic church from the apostles, you mm -hmm. know, so how would we argue with that? And so where did, where do all these things come in? which is why I think your podcast is super helpful. But even in the, in your podcast, as you talk these things through, where, where did these councils come from? Wh who gave them these authority? I mean, we could say, yeah, Jesus, but what, well, what type part, of Yeah. So they had the ecclesiastical authority and ecclesiastical endorsement of the church at the time. Right. Uh, but they were also called together by the magistrates, the civil magistrates. So mm -hmm. they had, they had both uh, ecclesiastical and civil authority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think explaining part of that, that this wasn't just some guy saying, oh, there's a problem. Let's get together over some pie and uh, and hash this out. No, there was a formal calling together um, mm -hmm. from from multiple avenues to, to hash these things out. Which um, in going back to our conversation with Tom, that's what I wish that we had, you know, as far as our denominations, like some of the issues that we have. Um, I, I'd hope that we could have some good faith conversations. Right. Like what? Mm -hmm. Why are these things important? And, and because sometimes when we're talking about uh, tr Trinitarian Orthodoxy and Orthodox Christianity, and we're not talking Eastern Orthodoxy, we're just talking about 
what the Bible rightly teaches and has been rightly accepted since 325 moving forward. Um, we should be able to have an open conversation in charity, but also with conviction. And I, I think that sometimes we, we misunderstand conviction for lack of charity. And, um, and that, I think that that can be, that can be important. So we have to have these conversations because if you divert from uh, when we're talking about the Trinity, it's really easy to, to accidentally step tip, tiptoe into heresy. I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with Adonis uh, Vidu, who is a professor over at Gordon Conwell. He uh, recently published a book called the same God who works all things um, and, uh, inseparable operations in Trinitarian theology. And, um, Touch ba- touching bases with him to talk about my dissertation topic. And as I was describing what I was hoping to do, what my project would be, one, I was really encouraged because he was excited. But two, in the midst of that conversation, I had to really choose my words carefully because, and he noticed, right? Because we talked about it, because sometimes as you're having a conversation, you want to use those terms that historically have been accepted by the church so that we're on the same field and we know what one another is talking about. So as an example, I I almost use the term function in regards to a work of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, let's say repentance or conviction of sin, comfort and those things, those are works that are attributed to the Holy Spirit. But it's also an inseparable work of God because each person works from the same divine agency. They share the same divine agency. So that, that's the doctrine of inseparable operations. So you don't have to read the whole book. You just got it right there. But um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Read the book. But No, right. Um, so, so basically in layman's terms, that means that when we say that the Holy Spirit brings conviction to a person, that's God. God brings conviction to the person. It is the person of the the Holy Spirit that does that work in the person's life and heart. But at the end of the day, it is God who did it. And so they share agency. It's just the role of the Holy Spirit. The role of conviction is attributed to the Holy Spirit. Right, right. So I'll give you an example. It's even more clear, Mike. Um, When we... How many times, and I've said this, right? So I'm guilty of this. You might be as well. Probably some other pastors might be. When someone talks about the cross of Christ, they talk about the Father's wrath being poured out on the Son. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, That's heresy. (laughs) <laughs> like, like that's when we're using terms, we have to be careful. That's, that's maybe it's not outright heresy, but it's bordering on heresy because it's not the father's wrath. When you're saying that it's the father's wrath, you're separating the divine will from, from each person. You're, you're separating the divine essence. You're separating divine agency. What really happens at the cross is that right. God's wrath is poured out on the sun. Right. So when because, we talk like that, yeah. It it, yeah. it 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 works in the minds and the hearts of our people to make to all of a sudden we've subordinated the sun. All of a sudden, we, so right. we're going into Wayne Grudem territory, uh, which we right. want to right because we would never say that you know this is this is this is the father's deal. The son doesn't have a big have wrath, and the Holy Spirit don't have wrath towards sin. This is all the father. So if we say the father poured his wrath 
on Jesus, mm-hmm. then we're saying that, well, then Jesus and the Holy Spirit had no part in that. But when we, we bring it back to the Godhead, that God poured his wrath out on the Son, there was there was at no point that Jesus said, this is unjust, this is not right, this isn't what we have needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was in line and, uh, in terms of what had to happen. But. Yeah. Uh, another another way of, of thinking about it, Mike, um, and this I highly recommend. Um, I was trying to talk to someone to see if we could send this to send the copy to every church. But Simply Trinity by Matthew Barrett. Um, it's very good. I'm about halfway through. Um, and it's probably a book that I'm going to do use a lot in my uh, research. But um, he talks about the imminent Trinity and the economic Trinity. So the imminent Trinity is who God is ontologically, meaning who God is in his divine nature and divine essence. Um, So God is eternally father, eternally son, eternally Holy spirit. um, But, but one essence in, 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 so um, to put it another way, the, the son is eternally generated. He's eternally begotten and the spirit is eternally uh, spirated or spirited, uh, meaning that the spirit and son were never not spirit and son. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's how we call, that's what we call imminent Trinity. And then economic Trinity is how we under, how God relates to um, creation and salvation. So we see that in creation, um, the father is kind of the architect of all of creation. We see this in Genesis one, as well as John one. Um, and then we see the son is um, by which all is created. And we see the Holy spirit being that, which is hovering over the earth in creation and forming it. Um, and then in salvation, we see that the father foreknows or, or ch- foreordains who's going to come to who, who, who he chooses for salvation. We see it's the son who it's by his work, by his blood uh, or through his work, through his blood. But it's by the work of the Holy Spirit, which that is applied. So that's how we call the that's what we call the economic trinity. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and just to kind of, we don't want to miss Jim's Trinity after resurrection is easier to see. I'm not, I'd have to have that fleshed out because immediately if we, if we delay the Trinity to post-resurrection, then that, and I know he's not saying this, or I, or I hope he's not, I know he's not saying that that means that Jesus became God. Cause that would be, yeah. that would be, that would be Mormon or Jehovah's witness. One of those two or both that Jesus well, was. And Jim says easier to see, and and right. I and I you know so so um, I'm not going to dispute that because I don't know I'd have to think about that. Yeah. Um, but I, you know the Trinity is obvious. I think is more obvious or or easier to see in the New Testament. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. so so I would agree with that. But that doesn't mean that the Trinity came into existence in the New Testament. Jesus right. didn't come into existence uh, in the New Testament or at the Virgin Birth. He had always been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll let you uh, take his his question. Yeah, so so uh we'd say we'd say that that Christ Christ's death was uh, it wasn't a divine death but a death to his humanity but it's still his humanity that was raised. So Jesus still maintains full divinity and full humanity today. Um as he sits on on the throne, he is fully divine, 
fully human. He is bodily resurrected, um, just as we will be bodily resurrected when he returns. So it, it was his flesh. It was his um, body. It was his humanity that was put to death on the cross. But um, he, him in his um, divinity was not dead. Right. Does that make and sense? That's, yeah, and that's a diff- that's a difficult question. I mean, he's absolutely right. You know, that's something we struggle with. Like, okay, how does a one hundred percent man, one hundred percent God being die? Yeah. Period. Well, in some of the um, things we have to, we, so there are a few presuppositions that we have to have. Meaning, a, a pre a presupposition is something that you say. All right, to make whatever my my following statement is going to be, these are the things I have to assume. So the so um, one of those is we have to assume that God is infinite, right, and that we are finite. So um, we cannot, as finite beings, uh, attain all that is infinite. Meaning that um, there are things that are a mystery to who God is and what He does. Um, we can only know what is revealed to us through scripture and through natural revelation. Um, there are certain things that we're just not going to be able to, to get. We, we have our limitations. We also have to understand that God is unlike any other being. He is self-existent. Um, he is self-evident. He ha- he's simple, meaning uh, we don't mean simple as in like, you know, the guy down the street who just doesn't understand anything. We mean simple as in he has no parts. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, Mike, you're a really nice guy. Uh, Aww, thank you. So that that's an attribute that you have, but it's not, it's not part of your divine. It's not part of like your nature. God's his ontology, his very being is good. Like he, like it's not that it's not that he, does good it's that he is good it's not that he does divine works it's that he is divine it's not that he uh attains holiness he in himself is holy does that make mm-hmm. is that okay all right mm-hmm. yeah yeah cool have we fully exhausted Trinitarian conversation for the day? Oh, we haven't exhausted it, but probably in terms of engagement with our audience, we probably have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, cool. I'm sure we'll have this conversation again because uh, it's something that I'm actively researching. So it's fresh on my mind. Absolutely. So, and it will be for the next probably three years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so, so before we, we depart, you, you often talk about like, what exactly are you working on for your PhD? Like, what did you tell Vidu that got him so excited? Yeah. So, well, Vidu kind of redirected where I was going a little bit. So originally I wanted to look at how repentance as a work of the Holy Spirit, repentance in the life of a disciple uh, is a work of the Holy Spirit and how it's attributed to or, or how it's a work of um, all of God. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he, and he's actively researching and writing in this space, as are a number of other folks. And he shared with me that where I wanted to go was downstream of where I needed to go, which is um, a much neglected area of Trinitarian research. Um, and, and that is how 
and that's exploring the the um, the Holy Spirit. So, so my research right now, as it stands right now, that could change by this time next year, which is when I'll start my dissertation phase. Um, the how the works of the Holy Spirit, though attributed to Him, are a work of of divine agency and um, an inseparable operation of the Trinity. So that's what I'm going to be exploring. Um, I have to pull up my <laughs> my my revised thesis statement to tell you exactly uh, what it is. It's uh, it, it ain't easy, <laughs> so it's hard to remember all of it. Um, yeah. So presently, my my. My working thesis statement is, although the Holy Spirit is attributed with being the person of God who indwells Christians, bringing about regeneration, faith, and repentance, the Nicene doctrine of the Trinity teaches that each person within the Godhead is active in each action of the other persons because of the doctrine of inseparable operations. Fascinating. Did you? Are you just saying that? No, I'm I'm actually interested to see where you go with this and how how you work it all out and explain it. Thanks, man. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now I'm going to be reading a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, the early church fathers and a lot of a lot of the Roman Catholic theologians, which Tom is really excited about. You know, Tom loves the Catholics. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, so Vidu was telling me actually that I gotta. So the two languages I'll have to learn are latin and french yeah okay and and uh, i think nathaniel uh maybe you've already talked about this but i think this would be good for your creeds uh podcast um mm -hmm. of uh you know which versions of the of the creeds do we follow earlier older <laughs> um, did did jesus descend into hell no <laughs> he did not so case closed case closed but anyway uh, that's that's more than for our our time's sake now hey jim we appreciate the engagement brother um we're yeah, thankful absolutely. for you yeah um yeah man so uh how much time do i have to work on you to get you to come down to the ac leaders conference man i got some work to do you got to change my my um dislike for travel i can't do that on it honestly you you would have to work less on me and more on my church and family to compel me to go okay well eric is on here uh i know bigford's dad is on your elder board so maybe yeah. i can work it through that way possibly um, but but eric is just saying that because she thinks i don't get enough social time and she feels bad for me so it's probably don't it's 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 sympathy, but she, you know, inevitably, if I were to leave, something would go wrong that I'd feel like this is why I don't go home, why I don't leave. Can I tell you something, Mike? Yeah. Uh, that's why you need this conference to help you learn, uh, you know, how to be more emotionally and, and spiritually secure. Um and also, I think it's good for pastors to be away from the church for a little bit. And and if something does go wrong, they oh no, no, that, I'm not hey, talking about the. I'm not talking about the church. I'm more talking about my my household. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. No, at this point I've realized after, you know, October will be 11 years as senior pastor of this church that whether I'm here or not here, things are going to go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You're not a difference maker. (laughs) I'm not a difference maker. It's just just the reality. So things are going to go wrong, whether I'm here or not. And so, you know, you know, while I'm gone, someone else can pick up the mess. Oh, so you're saying that Erica can't run things. Uh, no, I, I'm not saying she can't run things. I just don't want her to feel alone. She has, how? don't you have like three, four boys? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't think she'll feel alone. She might <laughs> want to be alone, but she's not going to feel alone. No. <laughs> um, no. Hey, if you're, if you're still listening, uh, and I know a few of you are because it says that eight people are still watching. So if you're watching this, uh, and you are at you like live at Ever Christian Village. You've been down there for some. Let, th- send me something, letting me know where the closest uh, cigar shop is, where where we should go and and hang out. Well, well, that and any secrets on housing, because it sounds like we're all up for our, trying to find our own bench to sleep on. Well, it's well, I do kind of already. You and I could pass as homeless guys. So we could just like sleep on a bench. Uh, I'm too I'm too well fed to pass as a homeless guy. <laughs> We're recently recently, recently homeless. homeless. <laughs> so um, I'm not so much worried about the lot. I mean, there's, I guess uh, you know someone it, had it recently is Florida. Shared, it is Florida. The weather could be nice. We could just camp outside. Someone had recently shared on on Twitter that one of the things that Americans really lack are a number of walking walkable communities, meaning like everything you need is within mm-hmm. walking distance. Yeah. And I totally agree. Having lived in Germany uh, where like where I lived, I could walk to everything. Um, there is a kind of joy that comes with being able to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, I wonder if it, it sounds like ACV is kind of like that. If it's not walkable, then it's drivable in a golf cart. <laughs> Just need a little quick charge. I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking like, hey, it, like we need something like that around here. I'd gladly live in a community where I could uh, just ride around in a golf cart and everything was self-contained right there. Yeah. Not you? No, I would like that. Uh, yeah. No, that's true. That would be nice. But I'll be honest, um, Waterville. If you live in town, like close to the center of Waterville, every there are many walkable places. Uh, Walmart's probably a bit bit of a stretch, but at least for restaurants and grocery shopping, there are, things are walkable. Oh, that sounds great, man! Yeah, is that where you live? Yep. You live in that area where you yep. can just walk everywhere. Oh, yeah, if I want, if, if I wanted to, but it is spread out enough that, like, if you need to get to a Walmart, but uh, there's, a, if I needed to, I could go, you know, walk down to a, a grocery store in the center of town, and I mean, the bigger grocery stores, the better grocery stores are not necessarily walking distance, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, man, yeah, interesting, interesting. So in the winter time, when there you have like 15 feet of snow, do you have to snowmobile everywhere. No, no. Okay. Some people do. I we don't. We yeah. We live actually right near a hospital, and so they clear things out pretty well near us. With three boys, that's a that's a blessing. It is. Be that close to a hospital. Cool, man. Well, uh, 
I'm starting to, you know, Tattoo Tommy's got me excited for for the upcoming Leaders Conference. Does he actually have any tattoos? No, the reason I call him Tattoo Tommy is because a few years ago he wrote an article for the AC Witness that was supposed to be an article giving an argument for tattoos and an argument against tattoos. Mm -hmm. And essentially like allowing the reader to decide. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it came across... To most people that I talked to, that uh, he was very anti-tattoo, and so I started calling him Tattoo Tommy at the AC, Le- the last AC Leaders Conference, whenever yeah, that was. I, I will tell you, and I couldn't do a better job. I cannot argue both sides of something, but oftentimes in those articles, you can clearly see where some where the author falls and how yeah. they present each side. It's it's a tough job. It's not an easy job. Yeah, and Tommy um, Tommy thinks that I mean, you know, based on that article, I came away thinking yeah. uh Tom hates me because I have yeah. a ton of tattoos. Yeah. The old, the so, one article, and this isn't to 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 flatter, the one article that came the closest to wow, I really don't know where this guy stands potentially stands is the church membership one by Matt Broadway. I feel like he did a good job on both sides. Oh, um, good job, Matt. In my personal opinion, uh, but I even said, I'm like, you know, I don't know if he and I agree on, on this <laughs> because, because I couldn't tell where, where he stood on the, on the issue, uh-huh. specifically formal church membership. Mm-hmm. Maybe the next article will be one on the Trinity. I think it, yeah. <laughs> that was supposed to be funny, man. I'm not yeah. going to write it. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, hey, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. So, peace. See you guys.